0: From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you being with us on the Bishop's Radio Hour. Indeed, excuse me, indeed, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Appreciate you, uh, taking the time to be with us. And, you know, we are about to launch our 24th year on the air here. And just time for a a few thank yous. Thank you to Bishop Wiegand, who founded it, and uh, uh, Monsignor Jim Murphy and the late Sylvester McDermott, who helped, the father Sylvester McDermott, who helped along the way to get us started. And then uh, uh, Bishop Soto came to the Diocese of Sacramento from the Diocese of Orange and has been so supportive of the program and been a regular guest on this program over all these years. Of course, all our great underwriters who help support the program and you, the listeners, all our great guests that we've had. I can't even imagine how many guests we've had in that many years and then uh, you, the listeners. So I greatly appreciate everyone who has, who has helped us uh, uh, along the way, but we, we couldn't do it without without you, the listeners. There will be a... Dominican Friars, Solemn Novena in honor of St. Jude Thaddeus, October 20th to the 28th. That's nine days. Novena in St. Dominic's Church in San Francisco. That's at 2390 Bush Street in the Archdiocese of San Francisco. Daily Mass with Novena preaching, confession, rosary, blessing with St. Jude Relic. And then there will be a pilgrimage walk on Saturday October 22nd. You're invited to join the annual <clears throat> pilgrimage walk with thousands of pilgrims, pilgrims led by Dominican friars throughout the streets of San Francisco. Uh, mass times <clears throat> there are Monday through Friday 8 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. Saturday 9 a.m. Sunday 9.30 a.m. 11.30 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. Uh, again, the uh, novena will be at uh, St. Dominic's Church in San Francisco in honor of St. Jude Thaddeus. So you can go to stjude-shrine.org st stjude-shrine.org to learn all about it or call 415-931-5919 and uh, just should should be a, a, a you know a great way to uh, to pray to Saint Jude, Saint Jude, uh, how many of us have prayed to Saint Jude over the years for a variety of, uh, what do they say, uh, imp- impossible uh, causes, if it were? So, yeah, hope hope to be able to participate in that as well. Also, um, a call for our neighbors in Weed who have been ra- ravaged by the mill fire. Let us accompany our brothers and sisters with prayer, asking our merciful Father to bring them comfort and support in these anxious days of loss and uncertainty uh, through the intercession of our blessed mother Mary, may the Lord Jesus extend his consoling embrace to all those afflicted as well as protection and perseverance to all those battling the the blazes. Uh, it was just a, it was so sad up there in the, in the great town of weed where they, you know, they actually uh, a few years ago had another fire and uh, uh uh, actually, destroyed the church up there as well. Also, um, um, the uh, <clears throat> yeah, so you can send checks to the Diocese of Sacramento Fire Assistance Fund, 2110 Broadway, uh, 95818. You can also um, um, donate by phone, call the Catholic Foundation at 916 733 0266 or donate online scd.org backslash fire hyphen assistance and uh if you uh, you specify where you where you want it to go that's where it will go a hundred percent of it will go uh exactly where you specify for it to go gabe uh 23 years on the air
1: i know 23 years so well, i mean i i look I, Unfortunately, I haven't been able to be here for all of it, but luckily I've been here for a good, I think, uh, more than, I've been here for more than half. You know, 15 or 16 years now, so I've been here for wow. one and a half. yeah.
0: You haven't gotten a day older. <laughs>
1: I feel the same way about you, not You've me. You've
0: gotten 15 or 16 years older, but you haven't gotten a day older.
1: I haven't, I haven't gotten any smarter. I mean, there's that. <laughs> Earlier, I think you were talking about how I always seem to have an answer for something, and I, I wish I could make it sound magical, like I'm really smart, but really, I'm just Google, you know.
0: Well, that, that's a skill in and of itself, sure, which many of us don't possess.
1: It's interesting when you see people, and you're with someone who has a computer, and you're like, "Hey, what is that you know thing?" And, and they look it up, and you see the search that they put in. You're like, "Why are why are those words? Why did you put those words know, in the search?" <laughs> like, it's not that hard, but I guess for some people, Google is not easy.
0: And he, you know, my, our son who's seventeen. Senior in high school
1: Which is crazy to me Because I remember yeah. When he was a little kid I know Being here I know I know
0: And he uh, He can fix anything He can You know If you get a new TV These days It's like it Forget turning a TV On and off And going And turning it To channel 3 You're Right now I remember you those days Push a button And give a command And, mm-hmm. and go through 16 different <laughs> <laughs> I know It's And he goes off To school And I'm stuck yeah. I, I have to say to him before he leaves for school, okay, I want to watch this at nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. Just get the channel. I don't care what's on that channel now. Just, get, get just leave the, the TV channel. on all day. Just leave the <laughs> TV on because I will never figure out how to turn it on.
1: My mom will call me from time to time and say, like, hey, she always says it in such the most ambiguous way. Hey, my, my uh, Roku is, is acting weird. I'm like, well, that doesn't tell me anything. So let's go ahead and like kind of narrow this down, and then she'll tell me. And it's usually Is that that's it's a yeah no it sounds it's delicious a, doesn't it yeah exotic fish it does no it's a it's I actually have one too it's uh it's, it's a it's kind of like the thing you put in the back of your TV if you don't have a smart TV that makes it a, a smart TV so you can put apps on there so you can like download the Netflix app or the Disney Plus app or, or ESPN Plus. And you can watch those, just those channels. And then, if you know, with me, I have a a local internet provider. So I get, you know, KCRA and all those things in the morning so I can watch, you know, news with my coffee. But, for the most part it's just so you can watch youtube and things like that on your tv mm-hmm. so you know she'll have it where like her apps aren't coming up or something and it's usually like mom did you sign in like oh that's right i forgot you know something so something simple yeah. but last night it was funny actually speaking of which my roku was talking to me and i had no idea why and my i think it came down to the fact that my 19 month old or 20 month old had hit the um this one button and uh, I actually had to Google how to because I'd go to it and it would say menu button this yeah, and it would yeah. talk over everything it was really oddly loud I'm like I don't want this and I didn't know how to turn it off it's one of those weird little things my, my son just was playing with the little remote and, See, and, and, and you know, and
0: when I was a kid there was nothing like that to play with we, right we couldn't wreck the TV partly because we didn't have a TV right but hadn't been invented. <laughs> you
1: know, and, we try to come up with like words on our calculators. I remember that. Yeah, you try to like, spell things yeah, or, yeah, I or you know.
0: Growing up, the first family on the block who had a TV. Oh yeah. And we were just all down there after school, <laughs> you know, and yeah. we're the first family in town that had a backyard swimming pool. Oh. Oh my god. I didn't think about
1: that. That must have been a big deal too, right? Oh, oh yeah. Huge. Yeah.
0: Huge. I mean, I I, re- I remember one time. With family, in the last few years, coming through the little town of Battle Mountain, Nevada, out mm-hmm. in the middle of the desert, and I'm guessing five, 600 people, mm-hmm. and stopped at the Owl Cafe in Battle Mountain and had breakfast, and then tr- we're driving out of town, came upon this brand new... Public swimming complex indoors because it hmm. gets cold out there in the winter. Yeah, but, you know, six lanes, lifeguards, lap pool. You know, lessons free. And I thought, wow, what an asset for a little tiny town. Yeah, they so got some state or federal money or something because there's no way that town could have raised. Yeah, Dow Cafe's not raking it in They're like not that. Raking it yeah, in. and it's a, it's a poor little town. Probably, you know, you had a lot of mining that is mm-hmm. now closed down. You know, and just a few people hanging on. And I thought, what, what an asset to this town, you know? Yeah. And that that those kinds of things can can transform a community. You know, mm-hmm. can really help a little kid growing up in that town to get nothing to do on a s- <laughs> July afternoon. Yeah. Get, you know, but uh, uh, yeah, I remember. I remember as a little kid, just it was just it's it it like somebody pushed a magic button about 40 years ago, and mm-hmm. technology just went like a rocket ship. Yeah, I mean, it's just yeah, like it's like, like one thing leads to another. Cell phones and things, it's just magic. I yeah. mean, it's like I could right now text somebody in Thailand. And all the something is going through the air. I don't know.
1: You could send them a video yeah. on YouTube. You can be like, look at this thing I just watched. Yeah. And you guys can be sharing this shared experience with yeah. somebody who's just, across the world. I mean,
0: it's, it's. <laughs> 200 years ago if you did that they'd uh, they'd put you on trial for, for witchcraft or something you know like uh, uh, we don't care how you did that we don't like that you did it yeah
1: i mean think about it, like like the idea of steve jobs telling people like you know all those albums that are in your house it'd be kind of cool if we could put them in this little tiny rectangular thing yeah. i mean it's just that idea is in itself crazy then then decide okay you know what that thing that holds all your music, let's make it make phone calls, too. And also, instead of making a phone call, we can send emails. And we also send these things that are kind of like emails, but they're more instant conversations. We'll call them texts. Yeah. And it's like all these things rolled into this little thing. And it's it's, it's funny because you see people who can abuse it, and and they become very addicted to it. But then you see other people who you use it for to enhance things, like with Googling something or, or whatever search engine you use. Google's kind of become a Kleenex now. It's sort of the word yeah. for looking stuff up on yeah. the internet. But you you do that, and it it can enhance your life because you're like, oh, wow, what was the... You know, you're know, you telling a story, and you're like, what was the name of that cafe in Battle Mountain? I can't think of the name of it. you look it up real quick. I'm like, oh, okay, Owl Cafe. You even know, it's closed. Right, even if it's closed, yeah. And, and you can look it up. And it's, and it's great. And it's a great history teaching tool because I'm really into history, and my son and I will look things up every so often because... He wants to learn about it, and the great thing is, is you find these little nuanced things. Like you could learn about the war of eighteen twelve, but then there's also little battles that you could learn about, and they're in and of itself a huge, rich history. But you know, a lot of times in school, because of of time constraints of a semester, you learn about the overall macro story. Yeah, where you can can pick
0: up this phone in my hand and find out what time mass is in Battle Mountain on. There you go. There you go. Where the church is what time mass is what time confessions are yep um i can uh, um find out uh, oh how to pray the sorrowful mysteries of the rosary here right. it's it right here here's the each mystery here's the prayer before here's the prayer after here's the here's the apostles creed um here's the our father Every, it's yeah. it's uh, the, the the you know the with a, of divine mercy, uh, it's, it's 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 amazing. And with the
1: exact same device, as you're about to put it down, you go, "Oh wait, we're out of Fruit Loops." Get yeah, out of Fruit right. Fruit loops
0: Yeah, <laughs> the exact same device. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's just uh, it's amazing. And and as as with every other invention, man has figured out how to make it do wonderful things, mm. and how to make it do really bad. things. Unfortunately, you know, yeah, it is, it's 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 interesting how. You know, you invent cameras and film, and and what a miracle that was. And then we figured out to invent pornography. Right? You know, we uh, what 1903 the Wright brothers. You know, and the flying in the airplane. Mm-hmm. How long did it take us to figure out that we could drop bombs from those airplanes? World War One. Yeah. So I mean, ten years. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just amazing how yeah how we we can take technology for good or or not so good
1: yeah and and it's it's uh definitely something that i think we need to keep in check but at the same time keep using for advancement but we're we're getting towards that threshold or there's that that weird venn the venn diagram is getting smaller and smaller as to which is which yeah unfortunately but it's it's interesting it's, it's definitely an interesting time to live in when we get to see all these things
0: yeah i mean i i look i look at my my own uh my own parents. So one generation removed, mm-hmm. you know, and my mom was going to school in North Dakota in a horse-drawn wagon.
1: Wow. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
0: And boy, when she told my kids, her grandkids, stories about that in the winter, yeah. you know, they're just like, their eyes are just wide open, like, oh, that's so cool. Why, <laughs> yeah. why can't we go to school like that?
1: Well, like you said, I mean, do you remember the first person got a TV on your block. Yeah. Within, you know, one one portion of a lifetime cuz you were, you were a kid then and you're you know you're still here now people are talking about how TVs are going to start phasing out because everyone's watching everything on their phones now yeah. and that you may not even own a TV anymore people are saying that the the rate of kids who turn 16 getting their licenses has dropped dramatically because of Uber and Lyft and things like that people just don't sure. want to drive there's no they don't want to pay the car insurance they don't want to you know pay for the car all that kind of stuff all these things that were invented that we thought of as being the pinnacle of this thing are now somewhat phasing themselves out for this other technology. And it's, it's weird.
0: The, all the the terrible hardships in the story, the the, truly fascinating, in an unfortunate way of the Donner party. Yeah. You know, and just, I mean, just the interesting story. It's incredibly interesting story. And yet if they had waited 10 or 15 years, they could have taken the train. Yeah. yeah, they literally could have taken the train. Yeah, to California. Yeah, it's just like mind-boggling.
1: Well, and and just think about maybe within that time the amount of um, the ability to you know the the, the inventions of things like. That were for the the, the walking and um, traveling and things like that that maybe would have been invented in the next five years before the train because the people who laid the tracks had to have you know a better ability to you know camp and do the things they were doing so think about if they had waited five years had they would they have made it. With the things that were invented then, because I mean, I know nowadays when people go backpacking or they walk the Pacific Coast Trail, things like that, they you know every every ounce counts. So these little tiny forks that are also a, right. a a toothbrush on the other end and things like that—they're really cool inventions. But just thinking, you could have had something where you could have stored more food, or you could have right. done this or that, and maybe they would have made it. Yeah, I mean, they would have made it. yeah, I mean, it goes from you know thousands of years of inventing the spear to yeah. you know this this this, and all of a sudden, like you said, you know. Cars, airplanes, cell phones, and then it's gone. It's, I mean, it's, it's exploding. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy how that timeline is gone.
0: Yeah, who knows where it's going? But it's, 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 it's nice to know um, that, and I've used it many times in a, in a, in a strange city to find out uh, where the church is, what, what mass time is. I love it to be in a big city. Where's the cathedral? Uh, not that there aren't a number of great parishes within that city as well, but I always like to see the cathedral. I was I was in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota a couple of weekends ago and uh, uh, found the cathedral there, the Cathedral of St. Joseph. It was up on a hill, and beautiful cathedral, and they uh, wanted to go to Saturday morning mass, and uh turned out they had had some some problems and weren't able to, they had just canceled the Saturday morning mass, but walked up to the cathedral anyway and thought it was probably locked and it wasn't. Went in, lit a candle, and uh, it's nice to know that our faith is everywhere. And But found it on the cell phone. You know, found the address, found the mass times, found everything right there on, on the cell phone. Although I know when we used to go on vacation long ago, my dad always knew where the Catholic Church was in every little town. He figured it out ahead of time. I don't know how, but he always figured it out. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at the thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8, and Sundays from 11 to 6. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long support of the Bishop's Hour.
1: Hi, this is Brian Visitation, Director of Media and Communications for the Diocese of Sacramento.
0: You're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Thank you, Brian, for that wonderful introduction. Thanks for all the great work you do for our Catholic diocese right here in the Diocese of Sacramento. Uh, We're pleased to welcome in Kathleen Domingo, who is the executive director of the California Catholic Conference, uh, representing all the bishops of the state of California. Kathleen, good day to you. Hi, Bob. How are you? Doing very, very well. Um, I I always say that (laughs) until, uh, who knows? (laughs) But uh, no, I'm I'm fine. I hope all is well in your world as well. Um, So much happening in our world. My goodness, I don't know how you folks keep up with it.
2: Well, you know, this was a busy year for us, Um, a lot going on in the legislature, and now a lot going on as we prepare for the election on November 8th, Um, so we're kind of happy to see the the legislative year winding down, a lot of very controversial bills that um, Governor Newsom is signing, and um, controversial for everybody, actually. It's a little bit for everybody to love and a little bit for everybody to be concerned about here in California this year.
0: Tell us about some of the bills that uh, are being signed, both uh, things that we supported and things that we didn't.
2: Yeah. So we were really happy this year to work on a number of bills that will help um, economically vulnerable women and families. In a particular way, SB 951 was something we worked on, which is specifically around expanding paid family leave for Mm -hmm. some of the lowest income workers in California. So currently, the reimbursement rate for paid family leave for families is 60% of salaries. But there are some, especially single moms, who can't just live on 60% of their salary. So We were really pleased to um, be very supportive of this bill and working with the bill's author all throughout the process. And the final result is that it will be a sliding scale, where some people, the very lowest wage earners in California, can get up to 90% of the paid family leave, which really does make it a viable option. So Mm -hmm. those moms who really want to spend time at home and bonding with their baby, um, or their newly adopted child um, will have that opportunity and still be able to you know pay rent and, and make the, and make ends meet So we're really excited about supporting that.
0: Boy, um, that's, that's so great. you're right sixty I mean many 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 people can't can't live on hundred percent of what they make. Uh, how are they going to live on sixty percent?
2: That's exactly right. And so, you know, it really is about just listening to um, our folks at Catholic Charities and St. Vincent de Paul Society and people who are working, you know, on the ground um, with folks in need and listening to what they are experiencing and what they really need. And and honestly, that was um, sort of the biggest driver for us to get involved in this bill um, from the beginning and work, you know, all the way up on this. Um, was just listening to what we're hearing um, from our families, from people in our parishes about what they need in order to thrive with their families in California. So we were very proud to be a part of that bill. And and that really speaks to, um, you know, what the bishops want to accomplish in California. They have a real priority um, specifically around families and how we can make sure that families are thriving in California and are staying here because, um, frankly, so many, especially younger families, are leaving the state because they just can't afford it. So that's something that we were really um, happy to be a part of. Um, you know, also, if way back when, if you remember when we started this legislative year in January, gosh, the whole state, the whole world looked different then. And yeah. we were, you know, there was a lot of concern around vaccine, vaccine mandate bills and things like that. And now we say, my gosh, it seems like so long ago. Um, but, you know, that was something that we spent a lot of time on this year, too, is just learning um from um, medical experts and scientists and the public health experts, you know, what was really needed. And um, thank goodness it came to the point where, you know, we're really sort of beyond now, I think, the pandemic and and able to not have to worry about some of those things. So um, it really was an eventful year and uh, spanned a long period of time that I think if if we look back to where we were in January to where we are now, we see we've come a long way this year.
0: Boy, I'd say, I'd say. Other other bills that you're you're pleased they are were getting signed.
2: Um, you know, we did a lot of work for um, again, so the economically vulnerable families. A lot of work around um, food and housing issues like that, and and um, we did some work around um, ways that even um, uh, religious organizations who um, want to be able to build um, low income housing on their properties mm-hmm. can do that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, there's a bill, we kind of call it the church parking lot bill, um, but it really is so that there could be zoning requirements that would allow um, churches with very large parking lots, maybe they don't use them very often to be able to to build or add low-income housing. And so things like that that we're just really proud to be a part of to say, you know, we're looking for um, really accessible solutions in California to the needs of um, especially um, those vulnerable families? How do we help people in need, and how can we um, use the assets that we may have to be able to do that?
0: Very good. What about things we're not so happy about?
2: Well, unfortunately, um, the vast majority of the abortion bills passed. Yeah, um, We knew they would from the beginning, and um, I think there was only really one that kind of didn't make it. That was um, a little bit of a different bill, and it really was just because of the cost um, with the insurance companies. Everything else passed, and, and that's really unfortunate. So You know, that that $200 million in the state budget, an additional $20 million specifically to pay for women coming to California from out-of-state for abortion, Um, all that money passed, Um, all all of the um, the sort of loosening of the safeguards around non-physicians performing abortions. A lot of people don't even know. You don't have to be a physician in California. Nurse practitioners and and things can perform abortion and um, sort of a loosening of those standards to make for easier access to abortion. Um, you know some of those those um, bills were very concerning to us, um, even just from a, a standpoint of um, um, health care and safety for women, right um, even on top of sort of the abortion issue. So you know those were those were definitely very concerning. Um, I think that you know in some ways, um, just in the last couple of days there's been a lot of focus on a, a very interesting bill in California a b three five one we call it's called we call it the human composting bill, right so <laughs> Um, we, we legalized a new method for reducing human remains that turns um, um, the bodies of deceased persons into compost that can be used in the garden. Well, Catholics don't really think that's a great idea, right? We we think that uh, bodies should be treated with a little bit more dignity than that, that, that there still is, you know, that presence of a human person in and, and that body is, is very important. And so we oppose that, and we've been getting some media calls about that, and, and that's just a really interesting topic. So... Lots of just a wide variety of things I think in California that went through. Um, certainly, a lot of, of um, work around homeless, and, and we watched very carefully um, the governor's care court idea, which would um, you know remove um, people with severe mental illness from the streets and and um, provide them some housing and facilities and. Um, just looking to see how that will shake out in the coming years here in California, very carefully watching that to make sure that there aren 't violations of people, but that people get the best care that they can possibly need so um, yeah a lot a lot to work on and a lot to um to learn about in california this year
0: kathleen i I know that the, the bishops aren 't going to take positions on uh, the, the conference isn 't going to take position on props twenty six and twenty seven uh, but there is there is a lot of I mean there's probably more ads on those than anything. Um, is the conference doing an analysis that they'll publish um, about about those in terms of you know you, you hear ads about this will help the homeless or this won't help the homeless uh, to where the money really goes and what what the the logical outcome if one passes or doesn't pass is do we, do we get an analysis that we that um, can help because a lot of people are going to vote on it, um, uh, ev- even though it doesn't have a recommend yes or no vote on it.
2: Yes, so we will be produ- producing an analysis um, probably by next week, mm-hmm. just in time for we have another probably a couple weeks until ballots hit people's mailboxes. Right. So we will have that information. And for all of your listeners, um, they can go to CACatholic.org, cacatholic.org to sign up for our newsletter and our alerts. And um, and also they can find that information right there. So yes, it's you know we're not we're only taking a position um, on one initiative right. in the state this year. Um, the rest, though, we will help um, try to discern where the the truth lies um, on the on the different positions um, for the different initiatives. Because you're right, there the advertising can sometimes become so extreme that you're really not quite sure
0: what the point is after listening to all the oh, ads. The, the, the advertising, and it's not just those. It's, it's, every, it's every time there's an initiative on the ballot, um, then the ads come, and they, are, they, 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 attack, they attack whatever it is so mercilessly that you have no idea. There's, there's no filter. There's just, there's just no filter at all. And we, I, I guess we rely on folks like you to sort it all out for us.
2: Well, we we try very hard to do that, yeah. But the initiative process is uh, big business in California. Oh, you know? isn't it? Yes. And it's interesting for people who maybe have never experienced a different state to recognize that this is unique to California. This initiative yeah. process mm-hmm. and other states look at us and kind of say, "What are you crazy, Californians <laughs> <That's> doing? <laughs> right. why,
0: why do you let that happen?" Yeah, that's
2: exactly right. Yeah, and especially this year, I think you know with those two propositions, twenty six and twenty seven, that are. Sort of seeming at odds. Right. And we've right. had, we've had that in the past a couple of years ago, we had, um, an initiative that would have, um, that would have ended the death penalty in California. And the same year we had another initiative that would have sped up the, the death penalty. Exactly. In California. So we very often find ourselves with issues where we have competing initiatives, um, at the same time. And it does make for a very confusing election.
0: Yeah. And, and sometimes you'll see, you'll see an initiative get passed and, uh, it it changes something whether it's a utility bill or a property tax or uh, um, th- things like that. Uh, what you're paying for water, and and you get this new bill and you go, where did this come from and who voted <laughs> for this? And then you realize that that was something you voted for. You know exactly. And, you know and you go, how did how did we do that to ourselves?
2: That's exactly right. Yes, that's that's also true, especially with a lot of bond measures and all kinds of things. People don't really. Realize it sounds like a great idea at the time until the bill starts coming in. That's exactly. <laughs> then you have to remind yourself that there was a reason I voted for
0: this. That's exactly exactly right. So the the one proposition obviously that you are going to take a position on Prop One or have taken a position on obviously um, tell us a little bit more about that. I know there are some great bulletin announcements that have been going out and uh, will continue to go out uh, uh, right up until Election Day, I presume.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So the Bishops of California this year have taken a very strong opposed position on Proposition 1. Um, Proposition 1 went through the legislature and was actually put on the ballot by the California legislature. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would expand um, abortion in California. So it does a couple of things. So first of all, it would find a right to abortion in California. Already there's a um, We we have a um, guarantee of abortion in the California Constitution Mm -hmm. under the right to privacy. But this changes that. So it actually says we now find a right to abortion in California. Mm -hmm. And it's not just any abortion. It's unrestricted abortion, completely unrestricted. So that includes abortion through all nine months of pregnancy and right up until the moment before birth.
0: And so it will, by definition, be constitutional if it passes.
2: That's exactly right. It actually adds language to the
0: Constitution. And the recent Supreme Court ruling on Roe v. Wade doesn't really touch that.
2: No, not at all. In fact, the Dobbs decision specifically says states it's up to you to decide. This is the response of California um, legislative leaders and our governor to say um, in response to that, we now fear for the future of California and for the future of abortion rights in California so much that we want to enshrine and in, in fact, it would be some of the most permissive abortion law in the world, not just in the United States, but in the world. Yeah, nice and day. a lot of people don't understand that, that you know, most of Europe and, and most other um, um, countries in the world that have a legalized abortion um, have very strict limits. Sometimes they're at mm-hmm. eight weeks, sometimes they're at 12 weeks. Um, the United States has already some of the most permissive abortion or had under World Wade and Casey versus Planned Parenthood. Now, of course, states are deciding on their own. Um, But this would put us with the ranks of only probably two other countries in the world that have unlimited, unrestricted abortion all the way through pregnancy. And that's really not where we want to be. That's really not where any humane community would like to be. And, in fact, we know that over 75% of California voters oppose late-term abortion. What a lot of people don't recognize, though, is that that's exactly what Prop 1 is going to do. And the opposition is saying, no, it's not. It's just enshrining what we already have. Um, But that's not true. When you look at the language of what is already in the California Constitution, it very clearly says abortion through the point of viability and then after that with limits. Um, And this completely obliterates all of that language and just says a right to
0: abortion. You know, I I think you're right, though. The the Dobbs decision, I think, has created a a little bit of, Confusion and a little bit of complacency uh, among, you know, I I would say the some of the pro-life community not not understand. I've, I mean, I've actually talked to people who have said, well, you know, yeah, Prop One may pass, but the Supreme Court will over the U.S. Supreme Court will overturn it. And I'm going, no, they've made quite clear that they wouldn't overturn it. That they that's, they that's literally exactly. turned this thing over to the states, and which is is what you know Roe v. Wade uh, was all about, and that uh, the Supreme Court, I, I doubt would even would even entertain this. Um, they might entertain it, uh, but I, th- I think they'd say, "Well, California, that's that California can do what they want to." That's that's what the Dobbs decision was all about.
2: I think you're absolutely right, and that's what all the legal scholars agree on. You know that we've been talking to about this. Um, And and even secular newspapers and secular institutions, UCLA and Cal Berkeley, you know, their attorneys and their law schools said the same thing early on in the process is that this language is so broad and vague um, that it would be open to a lot of wild interpretation. This is not status quo in California. So, in fact, a no vote on Prop 1, which is what we're asking for, a no vote would keep status quo in California. All we're saying is don't expand it in this, you know, very extreme way. Um, just keep it as it is, which, again, is already some of the most permissive in the state or in the, in the United States, which means some of the most permissive in the world already. So it's not as though we're lacking for abortion here in California, right? So that's that's one of the reasons that, in, you know, the coalition, the No on Prop 1 coalition is partnering even with a lot of pro-choice folks who say, look, I might be pro-choice, you know, but pro-choice with limits. I mean, there has to be some common sense here. And so we're really hoping that the moderate um, Californians' voices will prevail here against um, really the extreme legislators that we find are speaking for our state, but they're not speaking um, along the same lines as Californians would like. Californians really are far more um, centrist on this issue. They're far more reasonable on this issue. Um, we find that the majority of Californians want Roe. They like Roe. They're sad that it's gone, um, but they don't want late-term abortion. And so that's really where we're hoping we can draw the line. Um, and, of course, as Catholics, right, we hope further down the road – That we will be able to make more inroads um, against abortion but for right now prop one is the very best thing that we can do
0: do you do you think that the average Californian really understands what's at stake with prop one as you just explained
2: no I don't think so and so that's um, where you know our campaign is working diligently um, steadfastly to educate as many Californians as we can we have a very strategic approach Um, to targeting um, likely voters, to targeting people who would be most likely to agree with us on this issue. Um, Again, 75-plus percent of California voters don't like um, late-term abortion. So we don't have to convince them that late-term abortion is bad. All we have to do is connect the dots to say, Prop 1 legalizes late-term abortion. You don't want late-term abortion. Therefore, vote no on Prop 1. (laughs) It's a much easier proposition than trying to convince someone that late-term abortion is bad. So, mm-hmm. but we do need help. We need help, especially from all of your listeners. We need help, um, you know, sharing this message. Um, and, and the California bishops have just been incredible in making sure that folks in our parishes up and down the state are getting this information. As you said, bulletin inserts and all kinds of things, prayers of the faithful, catechetical resources for, you know, K through 12, for adults, everyone. Um, just talking about the beauty of the gift of life. our little ones and for the older ones really helping them understand what prop one is about Um, and then our bishops are doing this beautiful novena coming up and so we hope everyone can join in for nine days we'll have all the bishops offering video reflections every day and prayers um, and it's a real way for us to come together and just i think celebrate um, our beautiful teaching on life um, give thanks for the gift of life and then really stand together and say um, you know we're going to stand in the gap for these babies and these moms, and we're really going to try our best to encourage our neighbors also to to vote no on
0: Prop 1. Can you give the dates on the novena? Oh gosh, uh, <laughs> I I, 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 I'm, I'm searching for print print it right it. now. I printed it out uh, and I can't find <laughs> it. <laughs> You'd have to
2: ask me. My staff would all be able to tell you. Um, we'll, find, um, we'll,
0: we'll find we'll it find it and we'll it. get it out. Yes, we'll find it. Yeah, but no, it's it's a it's a it's. A, 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 I mean, it's it's what we do as Catholics. You know, we pray, and but I think I think you you really hit hit it on the head that it's it's sort of being cast as, hey, if you're if you're pro-choice, uh, you vote yes on one, and if you're pro-life, you vote no on one, and it's much much as you pointed out, much much more nuanced than that uh, that. that i think a majority of californians obviously if they had to vote on roe v wade a majority would vote to uphold roe v wade if as 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 ruled at the time uh but as you explained it i think the majority are are, would oppose one if they really realized what was at stake here Uh, but getting that message out i i know you folks are doing a great job doing it but i uh, it's it's hard, isn't it? I mean, it's it's hard to. People tend to fall into camps, and oh, this is just a, you know, the old foot in the door, or this is the chipping away, or whatever. I, I better vote yes. And um, is there polling on this re- reliably that we have some sense of? Uh, is there a chance it could be defeated? Oh, absolutely, there's
2: a chance. Yeah, and, and like, as I said, the most recent polling. Was seventy-five plus percent of Californians oppose late-term abortion? Right. Um, now right. you'll see other polls um, saying, "Well, you know, 70 percent of Californians support Prop One." That's true because no one's telling them what Prop One will do. So right. If they say Prop One will just guarantee abortion rights for the future in California, then absolutely, the majority of Californians are in favor of that. Um, but that's not what Prop One does. <laughs> so, right, they're, so they're not—you so the, know—they're so, not telling the whole story. So that's where we really have to just spend our time. And it's amazing um, when we hear from the leadership in the legislature. Um, even you know, Rob Bonta um, was, has been asked repeatedly um, as our attorney general, "What will this do in California? Will it legalize late-term abortion?" He, he can't respond. He won't respond mm-hmm. because they know it's a losing proposition. So they just they just can't respond. There's no response to that, and so. What we're finding is that, you know, over and over, repeatedly, repeatedly, um, we just have to keep with that mantra to say, you know what, they're not responding or they're not saying it because they know it's true. And there's no response. If they can even give us one instance of any abortion that would be limited under this law, that's what we've asked them. And they can't do it. There's no abortions that will be limited. And so that's, you know, it's really, I think, um, important that we share that information and let people know, no, this is, this is a moment. It's not a moment to sit at home. It's not a moment to throw in the towel and say, oh, my gosh, we've been defeated so many times. This is the moment to rally. And we're excited by the groundswell. We're excited by, you know, people of other faiths joining in this momentum, people of no faith, people Republicans and Democrats and pro-life and pro-choice all kind of coming together around this, this common sense proposal to say we will not go down the road of late-term abortion. That's not where we want to be as a state.
0: Yeah, And those two polls you cite are seemingly contradictory. They're not contradictory. They They just show an education gap. That's exactly right. Yes. Wow. So – have, have the major newspapers taken a stand yet?
2: Um, yes, and they've fallen exactly where you'd think. But mm-hmm. it's nuanced. And so, interestingly, um, you know, some of the, the papers that will have the San Jose Mercury News, the LA Times and things Sacramento going to be, um, will say, yes, we side with Prop 1 at the end of the day. But many of them also raise those same concerns to say it, this is not – it's not true to say – That Prop 1 simply codifies what we already have in California. This is an expansion. Um, The the language of the the bill itself, the language of the proposition itself says we want to further, that's the language they use, further abortion expansion, further abortion law in California. They didn't just say maintain or reiterate or anything like Mm -hmm. that, or, you know, they said further. Well, what does that mean? (laughs) So it definitely, you know, the language itself, and so that's why we encourage people. Um, you know, read it for yourself. I mean, go, go and look. And, and we have, um, you know, on the No on Prop 1 um, campaign site information right there that says this is current law, this is what it reads, and this is what the proposition reads. Just read it for yourself, and you'll see
0: a huge difference. It's not the same thing. Yeah, it seems like almost the, the, the question to be asked, I mean, if, if you, could, if you had, could have the attention of every voter in the state all at once is, is to say, are you, are you okay with the current state of abortion law in California, and probably the the vast majority, probably the 75% that you cited, would say yes, or maybe not even quite that high, but say 60% would say, yeah, we're, I'm satisfied with it. Well, then you should vote no on one. That's right. Yeah, you know, but because that's what, because that's what we have right. Because that's don't what we have. It's attention. not like yeah. like, uh, wow, uh, Dobbs just took away the right to abortion in California, and we got to reinstitute it, which is the way some are trying to to cast this. That's
2: right. Yeah, I don't think we're in any danger of that anytime soon in California. In, in of fact. Any- Abortion access. We just we just voted in almost yeah, <laughs> yeah. 20 bills to, and 200 million dollars to to increase abortion access. So we're in no danger of
0: that in California. In fact, I mean, correct me if if I'm wrong, but it seems to me, uh, absent Dobbs, we wouldn't have even had a Prop One on the ballot.
2: That's absolutely right. Prop One is a direct response to the Dobbs decision. Yeah, yeah. and in fact, so much so that you know, way back if you remember, at the beginning of May, Politico leaked the Dobbs decision right we didn't know that it was you know if it was accurate or if it was going to change or whatever but right. there was still a lot of press around that big leak what well, was in fact the day after that that Governor Newsom announced that he would put this on the ballot this year wow. so it was a direct response saying um, you know we will not stand for um, the overturning of Roe, but also we will not stand for what other states are going to do. We're going to, you know, show this kind of new precedent of being as extreme as we possibly can.
0: Wow. Well, Kathleen, uh, anything, any, uh, anything else you're working on or any other message you'd like to give the uh, listeners? Well, I think there's
2: a lot to be hopeful for in California, to be honest. Um, as part of this process, especially around Prop 1, um, you know, we, what we're finding is that there is a lot of common ground in California, that the bishops this year with their focus on families, especially economically vulnerable families, helping families to thrive, um, we have found a lot of common ground. And so, mm-hmm. you know, those bills that we talked about with paid family leave, and there are other bills that we worked on specifically around homeless pregnant women, um, women who are incarcerated who are pregnant, um, you know, and just and, and some foster care bills really helping um, with reunification of families as much as possible, helping to prevent families falling into homelessness, all of those kinds of things, we find so much common ground. And that's really hopeful to me, is that there is a real will to help people in this state. Mm-hmm. And um, as many problems as our state might have, um, we still have a big heart. And I think that that's you know, something that we can rejoice in and that we can, we can recognize that there's a lot of place for Catholics to participate in all of the good works being done in the state and in helping our neighbor as much as we can um, and in showing our consistent ethic of life and what that truly means. And that, yes, it does include opposition to abortion, but it also includes at the same time you know, all of these wonderful assistances that we can provide, whether through private funds or public funds, whether through you know our own outreach or outreach of, of um, agencies and businesses, um, and especially our churches and our parishes, just being agents of change where we can welcome people and, and offer assistance um, because of the love of Jesus that we want to share. And I think that that's just a really hopeful moment for
0: us. Yeah, that's so beautifully put. I, I can't disagree with a single word. I, and, and I do, I, I feel uh, that you're exactly right. Californians have a big heart, you know, and, and uh, uh, the, the, the abortion issue is, is a, is a, is a, a sad tragedy, uh, which, which, doesn't really contradict that big heart, but but it, it, it I think it's based on, you know, lack of education and misguidance and, and a whole bunch of things. But, but if so many social justice uh, uh, programs in the state of California are things to, to be really proud of.
2: I agree, yes. And I think it's really just, you know, a prophetic witness that the church can offer that each particular person of faith can offer to say um, that— We're asking for radical hospitality for um, maybe the unhoused in our communities, and we're asking for radical hospitality for um, immigrants, right? So, you know, a bunch of uh, folks um, were just brought to California, to Sacramento, in fact, and and Catholic Charities helped, um, you know, this group of immigrants. But we're also asking for radical hospitality for our pre-born brothers and sisters. And so it's that same consistency um, that we want to show, you know, through all of our actions and our works of mercy and our works of love, and I think that the more that we do that, we can educate people. Um, we can obviously do great work um, as well, and, and, but that has a ripple effect, and it will teach through our work and through our example others, too, about what we mean and, and how we're living out um, our call to, to that radical hospitality that you know Dorothy Day and other saints, ah, yes. uh, Teresa, you know exemplified so well, but really is the heart of the gospel message.
0: Oh, you mentioned one of my favorites, Dorothy Day. Yes, uh, indeed
2: yeah that was uh, she was you know so beautiful in that and and wrote and spoke so eloquently but also lived that example mm-hmm. and i think almost today that's what we're called to do is you know this is not it's not a moment for the faint of heart right <laughs> it's a <laughs> moment for people of strength for
0: sure not well uh, may the good lord bless your work and all your colleagues there at the at the at the uh, conference and the bishops and i'll look forward to uh, talking to you again soon
2: Excellent.
0: Thanks so much, Bob. Thank you, Kathleen. That's uh, Kathleen Domingo, who is the executive director of the California Catholic Conference, uh, representing all the bishops of the state of California to the California Legislature. A, a big and tough job, and uh, you know, but they, they take each issue on its own. They're not uh, the, the, their knee does not jerk uh, uh, to the left or the right or to the center or any other direction. It just yeah they take each issue as it comes uh obviously very strongly pro life um however uh other times they are um supporting bills uh, uh that uh um i guess uh people would say sometimes they're supporting something on the, that leans left and sometimes they're supporting things that lean right but they're, they're not that's not how they see any of these issues they take each issue as it comes and uh, uh, evaluate them in terms of gospel values, in terms of Catholic teaching, and and good in terms of the uh, of the common good. So uh, we're just we're just lucky to have Kathleen uh, leading that organization, and and so much uh, uh, good has come out of that. Go to their site, C A Catholic. Dot org, and they will analyze uh, some of the other uh, propositions just in, uh, to tell you who's behind them, uh, who's against it, who's in favor of it. What are the uh, effects of uh, if, if these t- different propositions pass? Well, Get on the Bus is a, uh, uh, a, a, an, another great program that uh, needs some volunteers it um, provides uh, safe locations at uh, bus stops during trips, serves meals to families traveling, collects teddy bear donations for children traveling. These are uh, ch- kids traveling to visit um, parents who are incarcerated. It's a wonderful, wonderful program. Uh, if, you, if you'd like to, to help, uh, you can go to info at crjw.org or you can give them a call, uh, 818-980-7714. Uh, they're located in Montebello, California. CRJW is the Center for Restorative Justice Works, and uh, they've just done done great work with uh, this Get on the Bus program, and they are looking for uh, volunteers to, uh, to help with it. Also, the... Uh, <clears throat> Shrine of St. Jude Thaddeus in uh, San Francisco. Uh, The Dominican Friars, the Solemn Novena in honor of St. Jude Thaddeus, October 20 to 28, 2022. The novena will be in St. Dominic's Church uh, daily mass uh, with the novena uh, preaching, confession, rosary, and blessing with St. Jude Relic. The pilgrimage walk on the Saturday, the 22nd, Uh, You're invited to join the annual pilgrimage walk with thousands of pilgrims led by Dominican friars through the streets of San Francisco. Uh, uh, You can also go to St. Jude, that's S T Jude, J U D E, hyphen shrine.org or give them a call, 415 931 5919. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening, everyone. God bless. And what a wonderful treasure Easter's Catholic books and gifts has been for all of us here in the diocese as they uh, uh, transition uh, into uh, uh, new ownership and management. Uh, They continue to offer wonderful workshops, wonderful uh, uh, resources for the Catholic community throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Four six zero zero, and we uh, are, are certainly uh, appreciative of the uh, fine and uh, longstanding support of the Mercy Foundation of Easter 's Catholic books and gifts and of Crumley and associates we 'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations uh, businesses in town.